Hi and welcome to Geared for Growth. This week we're chatting with Carissa Dimitrakopoulos, who's the CEO of Refurb to Sell. We have a chat to Carissa about how she helps her clients undertake small to medium renovations on their properties that they're thinking of selling or investment properties and how they can increase their equity and rental return by undertaking these strategies. She's a great source of information for how to source the right tradies and how to look after the process yourself and the benefits of working with a trusted expert as well. Here's Carissa. Carissa Dimitrakopoulos, welcome to Geared for Growth. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. Did Beautiful I Beautiful Monday morning. Did I mess up the pronunciation the second time? No. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Don't worry. It took me a year to work it out, so yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. You're on, you're on really good. All right. So just to give the listeners a bit of an idea, who, who are you, Carissa, and what do you do? Okay. So my name is Carissa Dimitrakopoulos, and I am the very proud CEO of a company called Refurb to Sell. And we basically um, help vendors and investors maximize the return on their properties through helping them plan a strategic transformation that's going to unlock more value and allow them to either build their portfolio by using the equity or sell the property for achieve a higher price and, and unlock more profits from that sale. That's awesome. That's a way better introduction than I would have given you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Now let's I'm, get. I'm, I'm getting used to it now. I've been saying it so many times. All yeah. the presentations that I'm asking to be asked to do. Yeah, I'll bet. Let's uh, let's get to the real Carissa though. What posters were on the bedroom wall as a youngster? <laughs> okay, so I actually grew up with really strict parents, and my dad was um, really fanatic about putting anything on walls because that would mark walls. So my actual bedroom walls had nothing, but I used to hide posters in my in my cupboard or on my on the doors. <laughs> The wardrobe doors. So um, I'd probably have to say it was definitely Backstreet Boys. Right. Um, definitely Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he was doing Titanic back when I was in my primary school days um, when, you know, you had all the posters up. That was And definitely Leonardo. Spice Girls. Spice yeah. Girls, right. <laughs> Spice Girls, yeah. I was posh Spice in those days. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we got quite an insight there. Uh, so, so how did you get started in, in property, Carissa? So, funny enough, a lot of my family um, are in property. I've actually got um, a cousin that currently um, does flipping in um, Queensland. My uncle's a developer. My dad's on developing. My brother does a similar work. So, it kind of was all around me. Um, and then when my husband and I were getting ready to get married and we decided to buy our first house, there were just crappy properties everywhere. So, we made the decision of let's buy something that is run down. Um, let's put some money into it, do a, a strategic renovation. And then at some point, we knew we were going to stay there long, but at some point we would sell. And I mean, I'm talking um, six or so years ago. So we were a lot younger then. And that's <laughs> how it started. So that property was bought, renovated. We moved in and a year and a half later, decided to sell it. Um, made a lot more than we dreamed of making in, in that time. And it was only the start of the boom. So it was quite interesting to see then how the market in Sydney grew so much more over that time yep. um, after that, which we would have made a lot more money we waited, but you know, you, you never know how it's going to go. But that actually is what kicked off everything for us. Yeah, awesome. So you basically saw, well, you undertook the renovation and you made some money and you thought, there's probably a business in this. Yeah, well, not quite at the beginning. So initially it was, let's go do it again. Yeah. So we went, okay, wow, we, you know, I think we, we put in about 150 um, on the job. We spent about 50, but three months full time 
um, in between our full-time work at the time of actually renovating ourselves hands-on, you know, trying to save where we could. Um, then I'd probably say about a maybe a year and a half later was when it was let's go into a business. So initially it was let's go buy and, and sell and about three properties we had put offers into, had the agent say, yep, cool, um, you've got it. And then five minutes later, we get the phone call while we're on the way to the office. So my colleague just sold it. When that happened three times, I went, okay, I'm taking signs. We're not meant to buy again. Let's just wait. Um, and as we waited, then something come up one morning and I went, you know what? I don't want to do it for myself. I actually want to do it for other people. Yep. And I just started to see a gap in the market where there was families and I, that's what my I have been working with in the last three or more years. It's predominantly been families up until now, a bit more investors. But it was it was basically families who bought their first house, got married, then all of a sudden, you know, the next five, 10, 20 years have had three, four kids. Now they've outgrown the house, um, work full time. They're about to sell it to go buy the next house and have no idea the value that's sitting on their property because they've done nothing to it for 20 years. Yep. So when I saw that, I wanted to make a, I wanted to build, uh, fill that gap, bring on a solution that I knew would add value to those families and help them unlock more value from their property. So I just then created a, a strategy for it. And instead of doing it and buying and selling myself, I went in as the consultant to help people do their property instead. Yeah, and I mean, that sounds pretty rewarding if, you, if you've got people that have outgrown their home and they need to get as much as they can to, to buy the next one. If you can give them a big uptick, then you must get some satisfaction out of that. Oh, completely. And I'd have to say after doing the first couple, and I mean, especially at the time with Sydney market absolutely booming, um, we're talking, oh, shit, what were we talking, 2004. 15, 14, I think, 14, 2014, um, when this all started booming. And what we found was, you know, we had clients that were spending like 15 grand and then getting an extra 150 um, after wow. from the initial appraisal. And then we were getting clients that spent 25 that at auction were getting an extra 200. And I mean, I remember one client I did in the Sutherland area who straight after the auction, I said, I did a video of him and I said, you know, Sean, how do you feel after just coming and selling for 866 when you initially thought you were going to get 650? And his reaction was, well, you know what? I only actually thought that 25 grand that we spent was going to help us sell the house. No clue it was going to help us get an extra 200,000. And that to their next property um, was, was transformational. So for me, it was then how quick can I pass this on to more and more people? Because an extra 100 grand tax-free instantly um, is, is huge and that's life-changing. And yeah. that's what we felt and I wanted to pass that forward as much as I could. Awesome. Now, you, your business has been on, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a, a journey heading in, in different sort of branches, I guess, of working for investors, working for people that are selling. Can you tell us a bit about um, sort of how it started and, and really what it's about now? Yeah. So, um, so like I said, initially it was taking it to um, – well, actually, no, if I first talk about it, we actually initially were going in the rental space. So it was very, very beginning when I went, you know, I see a value in, in helping um, investors. It was a bit more on the maintenance side and then I went, no, th there's not enough here. And then it was a conversation with a friend that I went, you know what, this should be – we should do exactly what we did um, and just fill that gap for clients that are selling. So we niched into selling and, and hence why we then called it Refurb to Sell. So our specialty was clients that were selling. Um, but what was funny enough, 
in in between that, as we were doing clients, then they would we do their property for sale, then they would call us back and say, okay, my my apartment tenant's about to move out, it needs something. Can you come help me add value to that? And we started getting um, different traction in the investment side. And now three years later, looking back at all the stats, we actually realised that the equity uplift we've been able to help clients achieve on their investment properties has been huge and on top of that it means that they can then go unlock that to grow a portfolio so now we're looking at how we can take the business bigger with more clients that we can work with regularly um, over just a client that's about to sell and then move on to the next property so we've got a lot of the sale jobs that's still coming in we're still helping those but now our focus has been um, in a lot of the investor nights that we're now putting on and just really showing um, investors a strategy on building a portfolio that I feel a lot of landlords have no clue um, about. And a lot of them that I work with tend to think, oh, they've just got to, they don't really want to spend anything on their property. I don't, I don't want to spend anything. I just want to have rental coming in. Um, and then we've been able to map out when we do certain things, how that can unlock more rental return all the way through to actually adding value to the property where we then are able to, you know, an extra 80000 that's enough. Now go use that as a deposit to go buy something else. Mm. And just really giving them options. Um, end of the day, you're buying property for a business to make money. So it's just helping them get more options on how to Im- improve or maximize that return, I would say. Yep. Um, and that's a big direction we're going in at the moment. So like I said, now we're running Investor Nights, which you know I know we've got running with you um, on March 1st with, for your clients. Yeah. And it's basically just giving them a night where we can all chat, we do a talk, and it's just giving them some things to think about. So, you know, food for thought um, on how they can work their portfolio stronger and more profitable than they may be currently doing. Yeah, awesome. Now, let's talk about those results. You, you've completed somewhere around 80, 100 projects. Can you tell us, is that the correct number? And, and what are some <laughs> of your more memorable results? Yeah, so funny. I've been saying that we've been doing 80 properties for the past few months and then the other day, uh, we had one of our investor nights last week and I said, actually, what number are you up to? And I think at the moment, where we've, we've got a couple of jobs that actually um, more clients have come through on Friday. So, I think we're approaching the 100 now. Yeah, so, cool. I'm very excited to, to just know that 100 families have been helped, whether it's unlocking up more money or helping them now grow their, their portfolio. So, it is definitely very exciting um, to make that difference. Um, oh, man, I couldn't oh, – where do I start? So one client that we had um, that was selling um, oh, early, early, early this year, um, funny enough, had two agents come appraise. I knew both agents. Both agents knew of our service. One agent actually said, no, don't do anything. Leave it. Sell it as is. And the other agent said, no, I'm not letting you put on market until you speak to Carissa at Refurb to sell. So we went in and helped them. And basically this property the um it was the daughter helping her dad she, he was moving to a nursing home so i'm talking this property was so run down the carpet stunk um the walls uh, yellows greens um everything a timber kitchen with a uh orange bench top that was literally about to collapse and just to think that there was a chance that they were going to sell it like that. Yeah, um, on, on recommendation from, from the agent. Yeah. yeah, from the agent, yes. Yeah. So we went in, helped them with a the strategy, put together what the property needed, um, made sure that they weren't overspending. And at one point, they were thinking of extra things that we had to sort of rein them back. Um, once the strategy was put together, had all the trades go in, um, made sure that at the end, everything looked perfect, was on time for photos. 
and they walked away with an extra $160,000 um, higher in that sale and cleared um, 110000 Wow. So, I mean, that's huge. And for not doing anything, for not having to really invest much to get that sort of return is, is, is amazing. Um, and for that, those, that couple there, they told us afterwards that they were then going to go overseas for three months. Wow, um, awesome. With their, with their extra. So, to have someone say they can actually take three months off and go overseas, like that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's great. That, like, that's transformational. Um, so that was amazing. You know, we had one client that said to me that the extra money he made on their property, him and his wife could retire a whole year earlier. Yeah, wow. Um, so we get, yeah, we do get some amazing stories. Um, one client we're actually helping at the moment, the bank was about to take their house. So it was literally, they just sold as was, or we helped them at least do just minor quick strategy on how to just map out that last bit, you know, get at least another 10% um, that's going to help them when they move. So it is. It can be literally the way I see it is even if it's an extra fifty thousand in someone's pocket, um, that can mean the holiday they never had, the car they never got to put money into, um, the even the the financial freedom. Just even if it's that little bit um, that they never had, which means less arguments between mum and dad, which means you know more happier moments at home with the kids, less less stress with the kids. That can save a marriage. That can save a family. Like the and I get goosebumps when I talk about this because the yeah. extent that that can actually flow onto is tremendous, um, and you know that's why I'm so passionate about what we do. That's awesome, and I mean, of, of course, we love to talk about these these exceptional circumstances where you've made some some life changing results. What but what can the the average person expect? So, what is an average result in terms of of, of what you'll come in and do, and and what the sort of net result is for for someone that's selling, for example. Okay, so someone that's selling, um, like it is very dependent on the property and the suburb and what type of buyer we're getting. So with what we do, it's very strategic in, you know, it's not just let's just renovate and hope it works. It's all about what's the strategy, what can we achieve, what's the ideal buyer looking for. And there's there's always a checklist for that suburb in that area. There's a type of buyer or a, a majority um, of type of buyer that you're going to achieve, you're going to attract. What are they looking for? And if that's ticked, then that's increasing the chance of you getting a higher price. And we want more odds on the on the seller's um, side than the buyer side. We don't want them getting reductions and, and trying to get bargain hunters. We want people buying on emotion. So, I mean, on average, I'd probably say a lot of our jobs that get the good results, um, the client's probably spending anywhere from about 30 to probably 50 to 60 is probably the average yep. to be able to transform their whole property. Um, we've had some that have been larger amounts, um, some that have been smaller. It's very dependent, obviously, what the clients, the budget the clients got, what the property needs, and what return we can get. It's all about the uplift. Yep. If you know, if I, I'm not going to tell a client, look, I think we need to put in 50 grand, if the uplift is only 70, because yep. there's always going to be a ceiling price. But if I know that the uplift might be 200 potentially, because we're making a property turn from looking like it's going to be absolutely run down, it need hundreds of thousands to fix to being just that bit more updated um, and looking like an amazing property to get that. Um, sorry, just more and more passing me. Um, <laughs> to get that more emotional buyer um, that has the more has more money and wants the convenience of moving straight in, then that's where we look at what's the uplift. So a lot of them that probably if they put like a 40 to 50 um, spend, 
they're at least getting 100 to 150 return. Yep. Um, that's been quite on an easy basis. Um, I actually had one the other day. I thought he got an extra 100, and he told me it was actually an extra 200. So I actually mis, um, misheard the figures. I was like, oh, wow. I thought he was appraised at 1.2, and he said, no, no, I was appraised at 1.1, and, and 1.2 was with us doing some work, and he sold for 1.33. Wow. So um, definitely a massive difference. Um, in saying that, though, I, I believe it is still based, the return is still very much on the market. Um, I think last couple of years, the market's been so strong that funny enough, I've had people say, oh, um, or agents say, I can sell either way, I don't need to do things. But the ones that have been really smart have said, well, if I'm going to sell anyway, I still want to attract the best possible buyer. Yep. So a lot of them that have spent the 50 have come back with an extra 150 in their pocket. Um, because they've just got a buyer who's got more money and, and wants it. It's people, There's still a lot of buyers, no matter what the market's like, that still don't want to spend time renovating, may not want to go through that, may not know how to do that, may not have the time to do that. So they will pay more to get a property that, that's already done. Yep. It's, it's like no matter what market, you'll still always get that. And I, and I was quite interested in that as, as a question. Obviously, the, the growth in the Sydney market has been pretty astronomical the last couple of years, you know, owing to the fact that it sat still for quite some time. To a lot of people listening in, in regional areas or maybe even Brisbane, to, you know, the idea of spending 50 grand and getting, you know, 100 or 200 grand back just kind of seems crazy. How, how much yeah. of what you, you do do you think is, is tied up in what's happened with the market? And, and do you think that your results would be similar if we're talking about a market that's flat? See, I I do. Personally, I do. Um, you know, the market's changed quite a bit in the last few months. So we've had, we haven't slowed down. We've still got jobs running all the time. We're still helping clients with their strategic plans all the time. Um, I still believe that, and, and it's still getting the results, that I'd probably say what I'm finding is it's still scalable. So, you know, we had one property, for example, that initially the agent said to me, I think we could get the 1.5. Now, if we do work, we'll probably hit about 1.7. That was about two months before it actually sold because we had seen it way ahead of time. They had a specific time that the owner wanted to be on market for all all the time frame to work with the settlement of her next property as well. So in that two months, the market had taken a dip. Now, we still had the same strategy, put everything together. She ended up selling at auction for 1.62. And the agent came back and said to me, you know what, with the current market and all the feedback, if we didn't do things, it would have gone for 1.4. Right. So still looking that even though it wasn't the 1.7 or the 1.5 that initially was looked at, the scale was still the same. Because even with the markets going, even with the market lowering, you still got buyers that will still come in at, the, at an older property and still say, I've got to spend money, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, um, and you're still getting the bargain hunter. Yep. Whereas the emotional buyer will still always put more money into a property knowing that it's completely ready. It's, it's a different type of property. Yep. We're not talking like, let's just paint and do flooring. We're talking changing a property from a blue kitchen and ugly carpet and pink walls and a green bathroom to looking like it's been fully renovated. So it's the scale um, that I still believe. It's still scalable. You're still getting the results. And it's still, now I think, now I feel it's actually, you need it to sell. Before we would have properties that after one open home, I'd get a call from the agent. We're, we're sold. We had 60 people through and everyone's fighting over it. We're sold. Yep. Um, another one that was meant to go to auction, 
two uh, ten days later the agent was like i had to sell because there was so much demand i didn't know if they were going to wait to auction and she was she still after with with the transformation that was done this agent still achieved an extra 100 grand on top of the additional so this client spent uh 50,000 and they got an extra 230,000 um, where they only were expecting about the one to 150. Yep. So that was huge. Um, whereas I'm finding at the moment now they're taking five, six weeks to sell, but they're still getting the results. Yep. It's just now buyers are more savvy. So now it means to me, I think an agent now has to actually work to promote this property. They can't just stand there at the front door and expect buyers to run in and run at it like it was. Yeah. Now they need to work on it. But the works, the, the transformation, the presentation of that, of that property still makes it stand out to every other property on the market to make sure that they're attracting that best possible buyer who's going to pay top dollar. So it, uh, uh, to me, I still think it's still still so valuable. Like a, a buyer, a seller, sorry, is crazy not to invest in their property um, before going to market. Absolutely crazy, I believe. Yeah, I, gu- I guess it's difficult to get an, a, an absolutely objective view of, of what the net result is. But I mean, the best you can do is do comparable sales, which real estate agents do with RP data and yes. that sort of thing. They'll give you an appraisal of what they think it's it's going to go for due to their sort of expertise in the market. And if you get a fundamentally higher amount, then you know what else can they pin it down to? I guess. For, for, That's right. For That's people right. that um, I, I guess people that aren't in Sydney or say regional areas um, and and taking sort of the suburb and the specifics yeah. uh, away from it, is is there is there one sort of renovation or improvement that has a sort of a universal biggest bang for buck? So for example, is doing a, a bathroom the best the best sort of ROI if you've got a limited budget? Um, definitely, I would look at. Uh, kitchen and bathrooms yep so I, I probably haven't really nutted it down to just one or the other i still believe and i've seen properties that the client or, or previously have gone and just done bathroom and then all of a sudden they're t- they go to sell and the kitchen's not done um i really believe if they want to get top dollar they need to at least do kitchen and bathroom yeah and these days sorry i've got a lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> me again the park I'm at there, they're doing their lawn mowing this morning. Oh, persevere. Um, but what I probably, um, what I would probably find is they're the main areas. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick example to give you an idea. We had a client that we helped recently uh, did their property for sale. Then the next property they bought, then they, they contracted us for consultancy again. So we said to them, okay, if you really want to save money, then go be the bargain hunter when you're buying. So... On the sale end, you want the emotional buyer, but I said, I don't want you buying emotionally because you're going to spend more. So they found a property that wasn't selling. It was on the, maybe on the market only for about six weeks, um, but hasn't sold yet. They then were able to negotiate, get a better price. The day they contacted me and they said, can you come in and, you know, it's a bigger house, kicks all our boxes, but now we'll get you to help us with another strategic transformation yep. to um, for this to be our dream home. Funny enough, the day, the minute I walked in, the first thing that they said to me was, we need to do kitchen, bathrooms, painting, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at my client and I said, Helen, this house has been painted. It's just been painted. Yeah. And she actually couldn't see past that. And what I found really interesting is people think naturally, if I paint and do, um, do flooring, it's going to get me a return. This client, this vendor, lost money on that sale because the painting and flooring they did didn't add any value because right. the buyer didn't see past 
the old kitchen and the old bathrooms and the ugly backyard. So the money they spent on just those two items didn't actually do anything. Right. And they didn't even notice it. So I definitely would say if they can at least do minimal on kitchen bathroom is, is the best option, um, that will get you a step closer and just clean as much as possible. If, if you don't have, uh, have the funds to paint, just cleaning can make a difference. Cleaning walls, decluttering. It's got to de- you've got to depersonalize. Yeah. That's the key. It's got to be depersonalized. It's got to feel like you're not walking to someone else's home because a, a, a buyer can't connect as as easy. Not every buyer can connect to someone else's property knowing it's someone else's property. Yeah. Whereas when it's very strategically done and presented in a way, they almost feel like it's a display home. Yeah, and that's right. the feel. You know, when you walk into a display home and you're like, I want everything that's here. Yeah. And then when you go to purchase, <laughs> you see all the oh, extra, 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 and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. But when you don't look at that, you just walk in, you're like, I want it like this. I want it with the furniture. I can I can picture entertaining here and I can picture cooking here and I can picture, um, you know, the kids in this bathroom and the kids in this toy room. But if they can't picture that because the property's left just looking crap, you're going to lose those good buyers and yep. you're just going to get the ones that are just trying to negotiate because they need to do work. And in, to actually get the property to a condition. And in display homes, you never see those sort of cliched, daggy family portraits where everyone's wearing jeans and a no. white T-shirt. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I find the funniest when I see properties that have um, are online and the they've got like a massive family portrait on the wall and it's in the photo that's on the listing. Yeah. yeah. And I think straight up, like I would shoot the agent, at least pull that down and throw something else up. Yeah. Um, so people aren't walking in seeing who the buyer is because you are uh, seeing who the vendor is. Because the thing is, people then can see who you are. They'll already start judging who you are by that, and and they can sense. Okay, can I? So I can I bargain here? Can I not? I would rather not have anything to, of my personal items anywhere, so no one knows who I am. Yeah. I want it to be as as um, attractive as possible. So I want I want my, I want my buyers coming into my property. At the end of the day, I want their kids running around telling mum and dad. You know that property on that road that had this room that looked like this and the toy room and the big pool? and That's the one we want. Yep. And I've had people tell me that they've bought properties because their kids would stop talking about it. Yeah, right. Like, And that's what I do when we look at our strategy. I will tell a client, don't leave it looking like it's your daughter's or your son's room. We need to make it neutral and attract every age group because you don't know what age group your buyers are coming in. They might have young kids or older kids. But we need them to fall in love with every bedroom, every room of the house, every lounge room, everything that they need to fall in love with is a higher chance of them paying more money to buy because they're emotionally attra- attra- attached to the property. Yeah, I think that's that's really great advice. Now, I wanted to, to ask, there's, there's no real reason why someone can't attempt a renovation themselves. What, what are the advantages of, of working with someone like yourself other than just, just having a bash yourself? Uh, definitely, I would say, I'm just going to walk to put my charger on because my phone's going to die shortly. You're right. I just don't want to cut you off. Um, I would definitely say some of the key things I've noticed are, I'll just pass this lawnmower again as well, <laughs> is um, when, it, especially when it comes to selling, um, and you know what, it's even the same when it's a rental. It's very important to make sure the right things are done. And the good thing with us is we actually just want to do the strategy. So I have clients that want to do it themselves. They want to organize the trades or they want to even be the one to actually go and paint and organize everything. Fantastic. But then just get us in to do the consulting because then you're increasing the chance 
of actually making sure the right things are done, the right colors are picked, the money's being spent on the right areas. What I would say, anyone that has totally tried to do it themselves, um, and I remember I had a couple that I saw, oh, how long ago? Uh, early this year. And they were so um, so set on making sure that they had the, 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 you know, they were on this tight budget that they listened to the trades, which some trades I absolutely want to shoot. Right. Um, because put it this way, if I own a carpet company and I go see a client and they're asking my opinion, well, it's very easy for me to say, sure, this is the best type of carpet you should get. You should put this in. Let's do it in these areas because I might have excess of that stock sitting in my warehouse that no one's buying. So I'll give you a discount to use that carpet. Yep. Does not mean that just because we've got brand new carpet that we're going to be getting a, that return on investment the best possible way we can because that carpet may be in the wrong areas and actually not being the, the right color that's going to attract that type of buyer. Yep. And this is the issue I had. This client technically um, needed to have flooring changed. They had carpet from the very front door. And then they went and saw a carpet guy who decided to tell them, yeah, let's keep it the same way. So when I walked in, I was like, no, what are you guys doing? You're spending seven grand on carpet that's going in the wrong areas and you picked the wrong color. So you're, just, you're wasting your seven grand. Um, so very important to know that what's the strategy behind where are you spending money and like I said not even working out what the return investment is because not just painting and flooring can make the return and you need to look at what does the bathroom need what does the kitchen need but there are so many easy um, strategies to use you know very low cost things resurfacing tile painting and that's the things that we look at how can we just put a plan together for a client so all we're giving is, is our expertise and then they can actually go do it which it makes it so cost effective and the cost of just having us or talking to us really um, increases their odds of actually getting the best results so it's kind of crazy to try and do it on your own yep. unless you've been doing it over and over again really but over and above the the strategy I'm guessing that the relationships that you have with your tradies are worth a quite a bit as part of the process anyway yeah so um, and, and funny enough we're actually doing a lot more into um, naturally yeah so we would go um, assist with helping getting the trades in and we've, we have worked with some trades for now over three years um, so we've built good relationships but probably to even go one step further just the mere fact that they know how we work is crucial so I've seen clients and I've said to them okay you know give me three weeks and I'll have your property finished and they look at me like they're about to collapse like what? Three weeks? I'm like, yeah, like that's all it should take. But the issue is I find that when you're working with trades directly as a one-off client, yeah, some trades can be absolutely amazing, but you'll still have, oh, yeah, I could be there on Monday, and then, oh, yeah, it should only take me five days, and all of a sudden it takes seven days, and, and then an extra week, and then they miss a week, and then they're back here, and, and you're trying to manage these trades that are trying to do other jobs at the same time. That we do eliminate. Um, what we are doing a lot more now, too, is, trying to get companies that can do more than one task so there's a bit less um, different trades sort of on site in a way um, just to simplify it because really it can be quite simple but it's when a client doesn't actually know um, how to do this they can totally take a two-week job and turn it into three months yep. just because they don't know how to manage trades 
Um, and we had that recently. My, you know, one of my painters had a certain way that he was doing the painting and the client couldn't understand why this wasn't done, that was done and just kept going off at the painter. And until we stepped in, I said, yeah, but that's his way he does it. And he didn't understand that. He was like, no, no, it should be this way. And I'm like, no, but this is the way the painter does it. That's his method. And, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's quite fun to do, which way, to be honest. <laughs> um, but the thing is, too, when, if a client actually does engage with us, we can then just source the trades, negotiate some prices for them, and then they actually can work with the trades. So it's not always um, them having to work it out all on their own. It's, for us, it's all about how can we just give them maximum value? How can we make the process as simple as possible and help them get more out of their property at the end of the day? Awesome. Now, I, I want to talk about investors who I guess are the, the main listeners of this show. Uh, obviously, we know that yeah. you're, you're, you're getting some good results for people that are selling, but, but how is it you work with in investors in sort of boosting their, their rental yields and, and hopefully creating some equity for them? Yeah, so, um, and like I was saying before, we're moving into this space because I, I just feel that it is, it is a amazing results we've been getting. So, um, and this strategy, I think, is not known enough yet. So, basically, what we do is just looking at how can we take the existing um, rental property and a lot of times the ones that we're looking at are run down. And, and a lot of times they are landlords that just think they don't, that it, well, I don't want to spend money. I don't want to outlay. Why am I outlaying? And it's not till we can sit down and look at, okay, and do a feasibility to see, okay, well, if we were to put in 30 grand, for example, um, how much more rental return can we get? But not only that, how much more equity can we unlock from the property? And also, to a degree, there's always a point where that property needs renovating, either way. Yep. You can't leave the kitchen falling apart. Like, there is so much compliance issues with having tenants in properties that I think landlords don't realise. You can't, you know, if a bathroom is leaking, why would you want to keep letting it leak and that affect your property? Go spend money and get it renovated. But it's looking at how can we do it in the most strategic way um, and how can we, you know, it's the same as the, the buyer. How can we attract the best possible tenant? And funny enough, we, we did one of our investor nights last week and um, one thing I asked everyone was, is there any tenants in the room? And there was one gentleman and I put my hand up and I, I own property, I'm an investor and I'm also a landlord. Uh, sorry, I'm also a, a um, tenant. So I've chosen to rent a neutral bay and um, I'm one of those tenants that you would love to have because I own property myself. So I know the importance of looking after the property I'm in, the apartment I'm in, it's like it's my own. Um, and you know, I remember even when I moved in, one of the bedroom colors was uh, purple and the agent was like, oh, I'll get the owner to change the color for you because it was gonna be my son's um, <laughs> my son's room yeah. and I said no that's cool I'm, I'm happy just to paint it myself like don't worry about it so you know but you'll get tenants go no I'm not moving into this and this and I want this off and the, and the, comp, like, the, the complications you get with tenants from I believe a lower demographic who have less money when you go for more of the professional they choose some of them choose to rent some of them just don't want to buy I don't actually want to buy where I live I like renting so I will pay more to get the better quality um, property, to get a better uh, property manager who's going to actually not treat me as another, you know, another tenant. It's actually going to treat me as a person. Um, so that value there for investors is crucial. I think it's, it's massive and so many of them are missing it because in some areas, if you can get a better tenant, why wouldn't you invest the money in getting your property looking the best? Because if you're getting a better tenant, they're looking after it better and they're paying you more. So I've had some cases where the rental returns went up by 40%. So 
just from doing a quick um, cosmetic transformation. That's huge. Um, not only that, oh, massive. Um, and, and not only that, and, and look, if anyone actually wants more details, if they message you, I can send you my digital uh, Alas magazine, um, our volume two, and it's got case studies in the sale and the rental space that they can look at. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you now, on top of that, we've had clients that we say a 30 grand spend have then unlocked 70 grand equity. Now that 70,000, they then can go back to the bank and I've got my bank asking me the same for my own property. Oh, had to go unlock that and, and we'll give you money to go buy another property. So now it's like, well, how can we grow our portfolio without actually taking money from our pocket, without using our savings yep. by just updating our existing investment properties? And basically, that's tax-free. So if you're spending money, you're unlocking 70 grand, you're going to buy another one. If you strategically do it, you go buy another ship property, you do the same thing. Do another strategy on it because you've just then, especially with the current market, you're then getting it cheaper. You go and do a strategy on it. You unlock more equity. You go buy another one. So the strategy behind this is huge, and this is why we're working now closely with investors on how we can help them grow their portfolio. So in 12 months' time, where can their portfolio be looking? That That's where we're really excited to, to see what we can do. That's awesome, and I think you raise a, a really good point with, with property investors. If they're, if they're looking at doing a renovation, I guess it's more about... You know, how much can we put the rent up? How long does it pay for? For how long does it take to actually pay off that capital outlay? But of course, you, you, you're talking about a different quality of tenant. You're talking about minimising those ongoing maintenance costs with a dilapidated property, and then of course with with your strategy, purchasing a, a property, doing the cosmetic renovation, getting it revalued, and pulling the equity. You know, it's a, it's a it's a difficult sort of uh, financial climate to do that at the moment. The banks aren't lo- looking at it as favourably as they as they once were but that's not going to last forever right well that's right and, and I think it is based too I believe um, on the bank and on your situation I mean I was only about a month ago that I was only opening a new account um, with my bank for the business and the the guy I was chatting to actually noticed my investment property and saw the, the money we've got on it and he was like do you want to go buy something else so that's when I was like oh wow is it literally easy as that and it's funny because I've had a few tell me that banks are toughening up um, I've got one at client at the moment that through the mortgage broker that he went through he's unlocking funds at the moment to go fix this and go buy another one so I think it really is based on the case and I think who you talk to yeah. I think if you've got a good mortgage broker there's a higher chance that it can happen and basically it's all just doing the research it's just basically looking at can this be done where are we at and what can we do because if there's a strategy there that can help you get more money, why would you not try and do it? Yeah, and there's a lot of people in Sydney and Melbourne, places like that, that are that are sitting on some, some great equity anyway. Couple that with a renovation, then then quite possibly they've got enough funds to, to purchase the next property. Maybe not in Sydney, but maybe moving to Brisbane where there's a bit more value yeah. for money. Speaking of which, yeah. um, you work with, yeah. with, with people in Sydney um, and we have listeners across Australia. If... if People have sort of interested in, in, in what you do. How do they find someone like yourself in places like Brisbane and Melbourne? So the great thing is I actually work closely with two companies, one in Brisbane, one in, in Melbourne. Great. Um, that do similar to what we do. So the good thing is is where we've, we've been moving our, um, our, our direction in the last probably six to eight months too is very much on the strategy. And the strategy is I physically just need photos and a video 
of the property to be able to put together what's the most cost-effective way and what we need to do in each room. So what we're doing, and I've, I've probably, it's funny you, uh, you actually asked me that because I've, I've had at least eight of my clients in the last three weeks say to me, can you please go to Brisbane for me? And I've said to them, no problem, I've got a team there. So I basically get the team to go take photos if we can't get it through the real estate. Then I put together the strategy so then we've got it all mapped out and then I've got the two companies in Melbourne and Brisbane that I can then go to to say, okay, this is the strategy, this is the budget. Now can you organise trades over there and go overlook it, check defects and liaise back with me. So now it means that clients that are city-based or even any um, that aren't and they want to chat to us, we can still do the consultancy part for them and then I've got the connections to go make sure that the, the right prices are getting done and the right works are getting done with the people that I know in those states. Yeah, okay. So if someone has a property in, in Scarborough or Kununurra or somewhere like that, you're, you're able to do that sort of strat- strategy remotely and, and, and give them advice for selecting yeah. their own trades? Yeah, definitely. And the good thing is, depending on the property um, and depending, I mean, I've got some clients obviously live in Sydney and they've got properties in, in Brisbane and other areas. But if it's a property that, say, maybe in the town that they're already in themselves, um, I've had even some landlords that want to jump in and do it themselves for that for a week. But I've given them the strategy first. So I've showed them this is what you need to do. These are the products. These are the supplies. This is where you buy it from. So it's basically a step-by-step guide. And they can pick. Do they want to do it themselves? Do they want to get trades? Or do they want us to actually help them organize the whole thing? So if I need to source trades over there, I've got different people I know that I can get them in to be able to do it. So it just means that I don't have to worry about trying to guess. And actually, funny enough, I had a client recently, before we probably started putting this this, um, interstate strategy in place, but it was probably about two or three months ago, um, a client that I knew bought a property in Orange. And first thing she said to me was, help with the strategy. So we gave her sort of the imprint and then she's been trying to deal with trades over there. Um, But that's what I found is the importance of that strategy. To me, I think people, when they renovate, whether they're selling or renting or, or, or investment, they miss the strategy. They just get trades in. They think, yeah, we do this, 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 we'll be, that, that's it, we'll be good. But that strategy is the key part. It's, the, it's knowing how you're increasing the odds of getting the best results. So not doing that strategy first can actually mean you overspend, you overcapitalize, you do the wrong thing, you put money in the wrong area and, and you don't get the same result. So I can, we can do that remotely and then be able to just get the trades to follow that plan once we've done it. So, all right, so hypothetically, we're, we're in a world where you don't exist or people are allergic to Italians with Greek-sounding surnames. How do people <laughs> go about doing the strategy themselves? Is, is it about sort of figuring out who the buyers are? Is it, would you recommend chatting to a real estate agent? And then with the next step, how, how do you source good quality, honest, on-time, on-budget tradies? That's a hard one, Mike. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll try to answer that one the best way I can. Um, to do the strategy yourself, I think, is very difficult if this is completely new to you because the techniques that can be used and the, um, the questions to ask, I mean, we've built up this strategy over the last five years in doing our own and then being in doing the business and even up to the last six months I've been I'm constantly tweaking and improving everything we do so I've picked up more and more things and more and more things as we go so someone that's not in the renovation space or very new to this I, I honestly think it's quite difficult to do that 
Um, at minimum, though, definitely talk to you. To, to talk to a few agents. I think talking to one isn't sufficient because you don't know where their space is at, where what they what they agree with. Yeah. Um, even in a lot of the, even with a lot of the real estate, I'm talking to myself. Um, there is a lot where the whole strategy on adding um, unlocking equity, they're still like, oh wow, we didn't even know that could be done. Um, so it's quite interesting because a lot of them don't. Not everyone actually knows everything, and and the strategy that we're trying to put in place, not everyone actually knows it yet. So I think, at very minimum, talk to some agency at uh, different real estates. The thing with tradies is hard. See, we've built up relationships, so I've got tradies that, if I say, if I recommend them to a client, and they that client's not happy, that trade is not going to get work from us again. They're not going to be referred again. Yeah. And I mean, we're pulling. Yeah. You know, we help. Um, more than 10 clients at a time and after three weeks we're pretty much finished moving on to the next 10 so we work with so many so some of those for example we've, we're like I said we're nearly up to 100 um, some of the trades I have quite a few of them have probably done at least three quarters of those clients so to get work just straight handed to you is a whole different scenario than being a one-off client um, so it, it is quite difficult but I think there's still there's some amazing trades out there I think it is just asking questions, even to the extent of asking, how would you do it? If you're getting a kitchen company in, how do you do it? If you go, give me your start to finish um, method. If you've got a painter, how do you do it? What's your process? And even just listening to them articulating it, you'll start seeing, okay, are these guys just trying to do painting on the side or are these professional painters? Yeah, right. Um, and my other recommendation is make sure you're getting professional people. I've had clients... Um, and actually, even I remember back in, in our early days, some of the property managers that were trying to get handyman to change taps and handyman to bloody um, paint. And I would say to them, they're not professional. You're trying to save money, but you're not getting the same outcome because the paint doesn't look like it's been done professionally. And so you're, you're probably even risking getting a good, a good tenant in. Then they were trying to minimise doing the doors and the and the trimmings to save costs, but they needed painting more than the walls needed. So sometimes it's not always about saving money, but making sure that you're cost effective. It's not being cheap; it's being cost effective. Um, and I think that's very important as well. Um, yeah, all, all I could probably say is the easiest way is to at least have a chat with us. Yep. Um, we can always do a phone, an hour consult over the phone, and I can give them direct strategies on who to look for and what to ask. There is so much to learn to make sure you're getting the best result. I couldn't even tell you in, in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is we've got uh, an investor night uh, queued up, which you mentioned uh, at the beginning on the 1st of March, yes. uh, location to be advised in, in Sydney. You'll be doing your thing, and I'll, I'll be talking about the depreciation implications for renovations for, for investors as well. So that's obviously a great way to, to chat to yourself. Yes. Outside of that, h- how do people get in touch with you, Carissa, if they want to have a chat with you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, a couple ways. We are on Facebook, um, and that's just Refurb to Sell with a number two um, on Facebook. We do have our website, which is www.refurb to sell, again, number two, um, .net.au. Uh, you can also call um, call us, which is 1300 950 958, um, and you'll get through to the office, and then they'll, they'll put you through to me. Um, or simply just send me an email, and that's Carissa, C-O-R-I-S-S-A, at refurbtosell.net.au. And just to clarify, refurb to sell, R-E-F-U-R-B, 
number two S E double L. Um, best ways to get in contact with us. Beautiful. And uh, just to, to wrap up, Carissa, if there's one piece of advice that you could give to property investors, what would that be? Um, have a chat with me. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> I think, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I'm very passionate on the results that we can get. But not only that, I think I see so many people that are missing out on what they can be achieving um, just because they don't have the knowledge. And I mean, I was uh, I was the same initially. Um, you know, I've had my investment properties for years now. Didn't even think to do half these things to it until I started getting into this space. So definitely I see people, um, and I actually spoke to someone the other day who's got 14 properties, and he said to me, three of them, uh, he goes, a run down, I just never really bothered. And so now after meeting us, he was like, okay, how do I do it, what do I do, and what result can I get from it? So I think if it's not talking to, to us, talk to people. And, and check, are you getting the right, um, are you maximizing the return on your property? What's the point if you're not getting your best, your, the best amount of money? It's like choosing to work for half the rate because you just don't know to ask for a promotion. It, that's, that's a good how analogy. I, how I feel anyway. Yeah, that just comes to me. So. Uh, <laughs> like, awesome. But, but yeah, it, it's very true. If, you're, if there's potential for you to get an extra $100 a week, why would you not try to do that? Um, and that's, that's exactly how I see it. I think that's great advice, Carissa. Thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Mike. It's been great speaking. Thank you and all the best. And I'll see you on March 1st. Awesome. Cheers. See you then. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.